a special message from this month's presenting sponsor. Learn about Baltimore's rich industrial legacy through working galleries that explore the history of the Bethlehem steel mill, an antique print shop, a garment loft, and more at the Baltimore Museum of Industry, the BMI. Hours and information at thebmi.org. Also, use the code TRUTH50, that is TRUTH50, my special code, and get 50% off of admission at the front desk or use it when purchasing the tickets online. So please visit thebmi.org and make that trip today. That's right, friends. Union Craft Brewing is 10 years old, and we're glowing with excitement to announce that our annual celebration is back. Come one, come all to throw down once again for one night only to help us mark this milestone. This year, we're doing it up in Neon. Neon has the atomic number of 10 and lends itself to the kind of visual stimulation that we love to party with. Get your Neon Brew Crew ready to eat, drink, and dance the night away. This year, we've invited two very special guests to help you do just that. All the way from Nigeria, West Africa, we're thrilled to welcome Femi Kuti with Made Kuti and the Positive Force Band. The son and grandson of Afrobeat legend Fila Kuti, Femi and his son Made carry the torch of this music and will be sure to make you shake it up to their hot grooves and positive message. Also, Fred Armisen has made us laugh more times than we can count. From his work on SNL to his send-up of Hipsterdom on Portlandia, Fred is coming down to the brewery to DJ for us on the main stage and create a dance party you will not soon forget. Of course, there will be beer. So much beer. I mean, like, totally. Just just lots of beer. From classics to sours, lagers, bro-aged beers from our workshop, Body Union series, new collabs, and other special anniversary beers will be pouring a plenty. Get your tickets and save that date, June 11th. 10 years. Can you believe it? Like, like seriously, 10 years? Really? Let's glow, guys. Get your tickets at uniontraftbrewing.com. Welcome to The Truth in His Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and today's guest is a Baltimore-based artist whose path into animation can be summed up as one long, inevitable surprise. Please welcome Nick McKernan. Welcome to the podcast. I'm doing great. How are you, Rob? I am living a dream. Living the dream. Every um, day, baby. <laughs> so let, let's, get all, let's, let's start off by... Um, describing your work and talking about how you found your creative niche. Sure. Yeah. So I'm mostly a 2d animator. Um, I work digitally, but you know, recently I've done a lot of music video stuff, um, which has been super cool. (laughs) Um, And it's, it's weird because I also like my day job is doing corporate animation in Washington, D.C., um, which is such a different universe from when I was in school, which they essentially, like, at least I uh, went to Micah in Baltimore. Like, they pretty much let you go wild. They're like, oh, yeah, do whatever you want, whatever. <laughs> and so I ended up doing and partnering with a friend of mine uh, who plays music as Han Julius over in Portland, Oregon. Uh, and we've been friends for for forever and they were working on a new album so i was like uh, i was in an animated music video class at micah and we were like this might be the perfect opportunity to for us to collaborate because i actually have an assignment that's due so but and you have an album that's coming out so we could really just you know uh what better time and so that kind of for me i was 
doing a lot of different, like messing around a lot of different types of like animation before that, but getting into music video stuff uh, with, uh, with Han, like it's this perfect kind of moment where everything started to really like make sense as far sure. as what kind of animation that I, I, I really, that was super personal to me, which is strange that a collaboration would bring out what exactly like animation means on a personal level, but it just did. Um, yeah. So, so it's, it's essentially like starting off like this is a good opportunity for us to combine our deadlines together. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like, okay, two birds, one stone. Um, <laughs> Engage. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, sometimes it's like that. So I read that you performed as a stage actor, musician, filmmaker between various hospitality and education jobs before um, discovering that intense love for animation. So can you tell the listeners about discovering your love for animation and what about animation really clicked for you where like acting and filmmaking necessarily didn't? Yeah, um, it took me a long time. Um, you know, as someone, I'm 27 years old now and I... I took time off of school. Um, I originally went to one year when I still lived over on the West Coast. And then I dropped out of college um, and spent like four years essentially just, yeah, doing those types of jobs. I sure. moved up to Seattle and I was in a band for three years. And that was just my life. Like I was just in a band. And people would be like, so what do you do? I'd be like, oh, I work at a movie theater. and I'm, But I really care about this band. Like, we're, <laughs> um, And it was like, at that time, I did not want to be an animator. I had no idea that I, that I was going to fall down this gigantic rabbit hole. I had loved, throughout high school and stuff, I had, you know, picked up a camera and had no idea what I was actually doing, just like shooting short films and stuff with friends and that classic thing. But like on a technical level, I was a complete disaster. Like someone was like, so what is the focal length of your camera? I'd be like, what? <laughs> or like <laughs> other kind of technical things. I've never been like a super technically minded person. I'm always like gut instinct and thinking with my heart, which is, uh, which has created interesting projects. But, you know, I, around the time when the band was kind of coming to an end in Seattle, I was doing a lot of soul searching on what it meant to be an independent artist because, mm -hmm. you know, I was working like very musically, but still collaboratively with a bunch of people. And then that kind of got taken away. Like it fell, it kind of fell apart in a way that was no one's fault, but I was thinking a lot more about how can I like self-sustain myself as an artist? What do I like to do? I'm like, I always loved film. I loved acting uh, an expression in this kind of way. Um, and I was super into Avatar and The Legend of Korra <laughs> around that time. The Legend of Korra in particular. Uh, I was super obsessed with that show um, and uh, had always been a huge fan of like Studio uh, Ghibli. And, yeah. um, and I think it was just like, it wasn't even that I felt like I would be good at it. It was just that I had like at that period in my life, just a weirdly like overwhelming like love of the medium where I was like the things that are giving me the most like joy in my life right now are all like animation <laughs> and I was following so many animators and creatives and stuff and some comic artists too and I was just like I was getting so much from that that I was just like ah I want to I want to pour some stuff into that too and then I think I got like a bootlegged copy of Photoshop and started <laughs> messing around it was like oh Got this idea. Um, I like moved back home for a year and worked at a, a school. I was like a 
education assistant yeah. um, for a bunch of like uh, first graders and stuff. And throughout that whole year, I was just trying to build out a portfolio um, to apply to schools. And that was like my big goal. I was like, oh, I'm going to try and get into an art school and then I'll uh, study animation. And yeah. um, it just became this thing to move towards. Like, I wasn't exactly sure how it would go. I wasn't super confident of myself as like an animator. Like I didn't really know too much, but it just was this thing to work towards. It was totally the thing that got me waking up every day um, in a way that gave my life a sense of like a, it was like a North star that I was moving towards. It was like, it's and an animation has just been, I think it was the right thing because I've never since like that initial decision have gotten bored with animation. It's, it is like, I think what we all kind of hope to find yeah. that thing that even if you go through ups and downs with it um, on a personal level, it's like as a, as a thing that exists in the universe, it's just, it's like, it's never going to be fully tapped or explored. It's just this well of discovery and everyone approaches it differently. Um, and it's, it's just always been like the right, like it's the right thing to be so focused on. I, I think for me at least. No, I, I, I'm hearing that. And I think when you find a, a love for something that you're, you're doing and whether it, it keeps you interested and it keeps bringing you back and it just keeps rewarding you. And I found that way and it's not the same, but it, I think it may have some similarities. Like naturally I'm a problem solver and, um, I got into a coding class and I was like, huh, I don't know if I could do this. You know, initially I was like, I think I'm going to suck at this. And then I started doing it. I got a necessity for work. And once I started, once it started to click, I was like, oh, oh, no, no, this is going to keep me interested. This is going to, how can I make this faster? How can I make uh, this more interesting? How can I add this type of script to this other script and then have it spit out this as a return? That That's the thing that kind of caught me. And and that's what interests me, and, and I'll I'll leave this one with you, which I thought is kind of funny. Um, my um, my my partner's um, son, he 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 talks about like, look, man, I'm finally watching TV with real people. He's like, everything was just animation for the last few years. <laughs> it was just like, look, I get all of my feelings and all of my emotions, all of the life lessons I've gotten is from anime. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I great. love that. <laughs> it's really funny. It's really funny. Um, so let's let's talk about your first assignment. Um, your first assignment to to animate. What was that like? Um, were you nervous? Um, what was the character film project? What what was it? And um, what was the feedback? Oh wow! The first project that let's see at school. Um, sure. Yes, yeah, so different when it comes to the job. <laughs> I was like, thinking, I was like, yeah. like I was oh, designing, <laughs> I was designing uh, some corporate like like paperclip, and like what? <laughs> Like, <laughs> uh, um, with school, yeah, I mean, I think, like, I don't know, I just, I sympathize with everyone who's really starting it to begin with, because it's, it. I mean, it feels kind of like I'm sure coding feels like at the beginning, where it's just every single, like, quote unquote, like, rule to, like, you know, things that make animation look real for, like, weight, like, or kind of, you know, the way that you're spacing out your keyframes or something, it's, unless you've been doing it for a while, it all really feels completely 
like against every instinct that you might have. Um, sometimes I think the best ways to get into animation are like weirdly not in a class setting, but are those moments where you're just like, um, where you're almost just going like sequentially, like you're not mapping out what you want to do. It's just that simple thing of like, you know, frame one is a cloud. Mm -hmm. How can you transform that cloud just flipping through pages without an end goal? Um, just to see after the fact, like how it actually looks like, how fast is it? Um, how slow it's like, you know, weirdly with animation, like you can get so technical so fast. And I think technical stuff is really helpful, True. but um, maintaining a sense of like freedom uh, and kind of a sense of energy and flow is, I think that's the thing that comes, it's the thing that's harder to teach. And the thing that I think is weirdly the most inviting thing for a newcomer is like, oh, you already have that inside of you. You're going to be making images that are going to be, uh, you know, whatever is kind of coming out of you, flowing out of you, they might be failures, but, uh, you know, I think that's a really important thing to lean on, especially in those first assignments where my first assignment was like the bouncing ball one, which <laughs> is the, the classic, like, I don't know if coding has a, a like very foundational thing that everyone starts out on. Like hello world. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the first one is a bouncing ball and, it's essentially like animating with guardrails on um, because it's like, this is like, they'll just show you kind of a template of what the finished animation looks like, but with just the opacity turned down a little bit. So you can kind of see every frame. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, if I, and then you draw it yourself and you're like, okay, that's kind of like making sense. Um, but, you know, I think the teachers are all hoping that the student can like take that template and bring whatever they kind of can to it like exaggerating it or or not i found that with me and a lot of those first assignments like when it came to that kind of thing i would always be too reserved mm -hmm. not in like a horrible way but just like i was afraid to push the motion or the energy too much because i was like well i want it to be technically correct yeah. um but it's that thing where it's like that's where you know, you have to maintain this sense of spirit and freedom and kind of this tenacity to break rules even when you're learning them, it's hard because that's what really pushes animation, I think, in a, yeah. a certain way. I found that, like, transformation animation in particular, like a certain kind of principle, I guess, is transformation. Um, that, for me, like, unlocked something in me where I was like, oh, my God, like, you start with, like, the image of, say, like, you know, someone smiling and then you have to turn it into a dog. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I have to get this frame to this frame. How, how are we going to get there? And for me, that unlocked something that I still use and find just a lot of reward in, which is like just like changing the image, like morphing it, like, you know, exploding it out. And then I think that's connected a lot. The idea of morphing yeah. as far as doing that to animation is connected. That connected a lot with me, just my feelings about like, you know, my body and how, uh, how much I see change in my body and how much that's such an, like an important thing as far as like uh, ethos towards like life is to constantly be like in this state of, you know, flux and transition. And I was like, I really kind of 
there was a reason why I think it was kind of that particular thing was calling to me. So I was like, oh, and I think everyone has different reasons, like what different types of you know elements um, kind of call to them. So, and, and I, I don't know if this happens um, based on like kind of like the way that your your work is now as far as the, the corporate work. Um, but do you run into like creative blocks and how do you overcome them? Yeah. Um, yeah. With the corporate stuff, it is so much um, like it is totally, it's totally rewrapped my mind. Like <laughs> it's, it really is like two completely separate ways of using some of the same techniques, but it's like with client stuff, it's always like, what does the client want? Like, you know, right. what are some, how can we get here in a way that is, you know, sometimes not the best looking way, weirdly enough. It's sometimes like what's the fastest or what, what if it, at the end of the day, it's like what they want. And it can kind of be, you know, it's sometimes I think a little difficult to find where the storytelling comes in there. Um, whereas in the personal kind of animation stuff, like there are, I think the problems can be a little more interesting when it's like, oh, this is a music video or something, or like, this is like a narrative. It, for me, I always run into things where I'm like just very visually minded when it comes to animation or like, you know, trying to incorporate uh, visual motifs into animation. And so everything starts to gain a meaning like in a music video that I did called uh, for a Han Julius uh, song called Saw Friends. That one was like very early on, there was a character and they were crying and the tear was like yellow and it didn't really mean anything at the very beginning. But then that yellow glow, it started to like resemble something and it started to become like an like iconographic thing throughout the video where it's like, oh, this is now like it has a metaphoric value to it. So suddenly a rule is kind of a rule develops like very naturally, but it, it does where it's like, if this tier is going to appear again, it has to be consistent with, with where that narrative started. Like it has to, and it has to have a narrative to it. Like yeah. um, if it's, if it's getting like, if they're crying at the beginning and it's coming out, that means that something wants to explode from within them. Something is like yearning to be fully realized. Um, and so then that element, it, it just needs to be followed through in a way that feels like it in the spirit of what the greater kind of narrative is. So that's how I work is yeah. like suddenly all of these little like visual motifs will appear and then they need to be consistent. And so it starts to feel like a puzzle yeah. because it's like, okay, these, all these things need to follow through. If a viewer were to trace one of them, they would have to see how it like, hopefully in a satisfying way resolves by the end. And so it just becomes this very like, uh, maybe not so much of a puzzle, but like that kind of thing where you see the person who's like tracking uh, a person across the globe and all the strings are connecting it where it's like, okay, this is going, <laughs> that's kind of how it is in my brain at least. Like, and then someone watches it and they're just like, yeah, like <laughs> weird. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, because I'm I'm because I'm like hovering right now and going through your your Twitter and all of that stuff because I was like, oh, this is this is the work I, I, I dug or what have you because I was getting and I, I don't say this and I don't say this in the, in a in an incorrect or kind of dickish way, but I was getting like, oh, I'm getting Steven Universe off of this and a little bit of everything. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, really? That's a. I mean, I love Steven Universe. <laughs> um, what would you say are some of the what's what is that number one best um aspect of working in the animation field and what is the most challenging aspect hmm i think i think the best is the best is definitely um I think just seeing a seeing something that's kind of like internalized inside of you that gets externalized in a way that feels like it matches up. It takes a long time, but like some of the stuff that I feel the most happy about that I've made are when I look at it now, I'm just like this really does like actually externalize something that I felt like was inside of me in a way that just I can look at it as like a reference point and be like, yeah, I still feel that way. Um, it just feels like a part of myself that's just that's just out there, um, which I think is great. And it's like why so much of the process of making animation is such a searching process, because it's like tr- trying to find, a w- at least for me, it's like trying to find a way of getting these animations or images out into the world that feels consistent with the way that you feel. And there are, it's always surprising the way that it comes out, but you kind of, sometimes I feel like no in your gut when it's like, Oh, this is it. Like I'm starting up like a short film like now. And it's, well, it's been quote unquote starting up. It's been like months of trying to kind of develop what the visual language of it is. Yeah. It just takes such a long time. Um, it's so opposite to the corporate side of things where it's like, you need a finished product in three days. Like, <laughs> and also we're going to give you like all of the assets and stuff pre-made. You just need to make the video. Make it for <laughs> Animation is complete opposite. Uh, where, yeah, it's, it's just about honing down this thing. I think the most difficult thing is, uh, it's definitely hard not to be comparative at times. Mm. Um, and I think you know, I really kind of suffer, I think, from <laughs> uh, moments where I'm down, like really not having a, a perspective on self-worth, mm. um, both with my art. I like really lean heavily on my art to like work through stuff emotionally um, in a way that can be, I think, sometimes a bit destructive. Um, I w- like, I wish that I was kinder to myself. And I think all a lot of animators that I talk to also like share that sentiment where you can just really focus on the ways that you're not hitting some other benchmark that's just like pasted around the world and other people's art. And you just, you get all of these reference points of what looks professional, what looks good, what looks, and it just can become extremely overwhelming. And mm-hmm. so I, I think right now I'm, I'm still struggling to find uh, a healthier, more kind of like, in a certain way, I want to retract from those thoughts and focus a bit more inward. But at the same time, I think I'm still looking to kind of 
find myself in the animation community yeah. a bit more uh, in a way that I can com- come into it open-hearted and, and without all of these kind of like insecurities of, you know, showing like coming into a space and feeling like I deserve to be there or that, you know, I don't have to, to worry about, you know, what people think, which is strange as like someone who makes a lot of animation uh, still being kind of insecure about my place within the community. But uh, I think it's also a, a bit more of a personal thing of just, you know, and animation, it's just one of those things where if you're super self-isolating, it can be a, like a, a great artistic tool to have. But at the same time, like just animating isn't going to make you not isolate yourself like mm-hmm. it it can be a great like crux for that but still then if you finish like this grand animation <laughs> and you want to share it you're still going to be like oh my gosh like where are my friends like <laughs> what's the backside uh, of that look like yeah exactly like yeah what next um and a lot of people can get postpartum when they finish a project because there's that big question of like oh what's next um I yeah. definitely go through that. And I think the thing you were describing earlier about it being something that was internalized that you're now putting out there definitely has that, like, it's, it, and I don't say this lightly, but it has that, this is my baby, and it's now out. And so the postpartum thing in a very unrefined sort of um, analogy, yeah, it, it works. And it's like, oh, yeah, this I have feelings around this. I don't I don't know what's... And, you know, I fall into this this area as trying to justify what I do as art or as something that's a creative practice. It's trivialized as, oh, yeah, you just get on the mic and talk some shit. And like, no, I, I, what? Maybe, sometimes, not all the time. And, you know, trying to really get to the root, get to the truth, to be really corny about it, but, you know, have meaningful conversations with people um, about what their work is and what it's like to be a creative yeah, ab- absolutely. It's like there's so much worth in it and like there's so much value. It's like um you know, for it can take a while though sometimes for like or just a random individual to kind of like find that mm-hmm. um but you're making something that is kind of this like evergreen reservoir like yeah. reference point for other people to find and get like a lot of you know direction from or just support like hearing that other people what their kind of relationships with it you know like is i think some of with animations like you can uh you can make an animation that you feel so proud of and it'll it'll get 15 views on youtube or something and like it'll get rejected from 15 film festivals and then you can get just really down um And I don't have like a perfect solution for that, but it is like, if you like really love it, it's just not something that's ever going to get, you know, taken away from you. Like you can't allow it to get taken away from, from something else. It is, it's something that's just going to be with you forever. Even if you're not like actively doing it, if you're thinking about it, that just means that it has so much meaning to you mm-hmm. um, that it's lingering and that y- you're not like, you're not done with it. I think it happens a lot where art can like working in like, you know, a different kind of animation or like working in corporate animation or something where it can like 
it can beat it out of you or it can yeah. you'll get your fire will get extinguished by all of these like really stressful things that come in or you'll graduate school or be like a you know you'll bring yourself up like as an animator or something and you're just not going to get uh these like the support will just it, it won't like come to you and it can be really disheartening but i would just say that you know uh it's like it's just it's okay to take like breaks and to take time with it and uh it's just it's a lifelong thing it, yeah. you're gonna have breakthroughs and you're gonna have setbacks and the like as someone who right now is like with a project that I care about, like feeling totally at that place where I'm like, oh, I'm just hitting my head against the wall. It's never going to happen. It's like, just keep taking mental care of yourself, like emotional care, but like it's telling you something that you're still hitting your head against the wall. That means you're not done with this. You're yeah. not done with it. And you're not, you're not there yet, but that just means that it's, it's coming. Like it's, I think that's what I think faith is mm -hmm. the faith in those moments of the project that, are at their lowest, but it's like, why do you keep going? Like, it's like some of the greatest moments I think in storytelling for me are those moments of those huge redemptive moments where yeah. someone finally breaks through to the other side and you've seen them struggle for so long. And that's the part where, you know, having faith that mm -hmm. like, that's you too. Like you're in that process right now and it's going to be so great when you break through. It's just, impossible to see when that's going to be you just need to have faith it's going to happen if you keep going absolutely so in that actually you've answered the rest of my real questions so i want to hit you with a couple rapid fire questions and then we'll wrap up there how's that sure. sound? all right so um so rapid fire we try to answer these as briefly as possible um so with these the first one i have for you is describe the first thing that you do in a day like when you get up what's the first thing that you do Hit the snooze button. <laughs> um, what is your most prized possession? Mm. Uh, I'm actually wearing it. It's uh, a Maya medallion that my mom gave me. Uh, my mom is, you know, Maya descent. Um, and she loves, uh, you know, passing down things uh, to, to us kids. So I... I definitely prize this one a lot. I, I lost, oh, I'm going too long, but <laughs> my dad once, when I was very young, he gave me a Megalodon shark tooth because I was obsessed with Megalodons, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. sharks, and I lost that in a oh, move. No. And I'll never, I'll still be thinking about that when they bury me <laughs> six feet under. Well, I lost the shark tooth. Last, last question I have is, hey, um, it's in part... Um, recommendation and also question uh what animation software package do you prefer to use and what one would you recommend for a beginner yeah oh you're gonna get a lot of answers depending on who you're talking to if you're talking to me I'm talking um, to you. <laughs> i absolutely am a dinosaur and that i use adobe photoshop to animate um I started with it and i still use it and there's a plugin that you can get called anim Dezen 2 um, that adds a few tiny little shortcuts, but, um, <laughs> that's what I use. I love it. You also have the Adobe suite. I guess you can use if it pertains to your work. Some people would be like, 
I only use Adobe Animate or I only mm-hmm. use After Effects. For me, I use Photoshop to create things uh, and to actually do the animation. And then sometimes I will composite it in After Effects um, if it's like a complicated shot or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pr- like if I was on a desert island, I would just bring Photoshop <laughs> and maybe After Effects and then maybe like Premiere or something. But just those three programs. I'm like, this is all I need. Um, yeah. And then there are definitely more. <laughs> uh, some people, I think, are very right in saying that that's a pretty grueling workflow. And some people use like TV paint or, you know, that stuff for me, it it requires like a certain learning curve. I haven't found time to put into my schedule to like learn those programs. It's also, those are professional animation software. They will make your life easier in the long run if you start like pretty early on learning those, but they are expensive. So yeah. it's it's definitely a thing where if you're at like an animation school or something, or if you're looking to uh, maybe find a certain way of getting them, acquiring <laughs> them, um, <laughs> I might start there in something yeah. that, you know, is going to help you in the long run, or you'll become very weird. Uh, <laughs> like me, where you get this really weird specific workflow that you just like, absolutely love and that's also i think good um there's no one size fits all um when it comes to like animation as a personal practice well there you go well thank you yeah it helps um so i want to um thank you for coming on to this podcast and two i want to invite you to tell the fine folks where to check out you your work and all that good stuff and again thank you Ah, oh, thank thank you um yeah you can find me just nickmckernan.com um I am on Instagram at a ceilingless sky with like underscores between a ceilingless sky. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. I have a Twitter, but I like am so bad at Twitter. I, I'm one of those people that just so sucks at updating it. And occasionally I'll be like, this is a storyboard that I did for this animation that I liked. And then it, it'll get like two likes. <laughs> so totally stumble upon it if you're like, like, oh yeah, it's not on here too much um i'm on instagram a bit more but um yeah you can find me in those places so there you have it folks um i want to thank the the great the great i I gotta amplify amplify the great nick mckernan for coming on to the podcast and um yeah i'm saying that there is art in and around your city uh you just gotta look for it